All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Buck Fever podcast episode, I'm not sure, but uh, we're up there getting close to probably, well, we're supposed to do one every year or once a week for the whole year, so we got to be getting somewhat close to the 30s or 40s. This one is going to be 39. Okay, okay. Um, kind of a little bit of an exciting one to tonight because uh, I killed a buck this weekend, this past weekend, so we're going to we're gonna tell a little bit of the story, the whole story, and you know, kind of start what the whole gun or the whole bowl season was like. It's only been the second weekend, so not too many sits for us, but um, enough memories already. So uh, opening weekend, it was uh, uh, Saturday. I got poured on with rain, even though it said we weren't supposed to. And then as soon as I uh, get up to my stand, just dumped down. So, uh you know, that was whatever. It was opening week, opening day, so I wasn't going to miss it. It wasn't bad. Just, I ended up seeing six six dolls and fawns, so uh, nothing crazy. Good time up there Saturday night with my dad and uncles and a couple other guys up at the cabin. So um, Sunday night comes around, and for some reason the deer were moving like crazy. I mean, between me, my dad, and my uncle, I bet you we saw 30-something deer. So um, good night. Uh, I was wasn't going to shoot a doe that early, which is kind of a, kind of a big topic for us. Once you say of when we should start shooting them. Yeah. We've had lots of discussions and we continue to have them all the time. Just the timing of it all. You know, I know we've struggled with that a lot on our property. Like, you know, anytime you have bucks showing up, it's like, well, if, if we shoot a doe that might blow out like the majority or all of our property. So we kind of want to wait for that buck to come by, but then if he never does, you know, then, then you don't get your doe patrol done and the whole early season, late season debate. It's, it's definitely, I would agree. It's definitely been a hot topic for us. Right. So, you know, I probably could, I could have shot a couple that night and I didn't. And on my way out, it just hit close. So I was like, well, I was covered up in deer all night. I'm finally not, I'm going to get down before I can't get down. So I get down and I'm walking out and I get to the bean field and I can, it's somewhat light out still. Like I can make out deer and there's a few out there and I'm kind of glassing them. And sure enough, I see a pretty decent sized rack and catches my attention and I'm watching and watching and I'm like that deer looks familiar and he looks a little bigger than I thought. And it turns out it was junkie, which is uh, his core area. I shared him all when it was him. He's pretty much lives in that area. So, you know, I go along, I dump, I jump back down into the, the pasture we call it, and I don't walk out to the bean field, so they don't even know I'm there, which is was turns out to be pretty cool. Um, get up to the farm, you know, I'm unchanging, and my uncle's like, yeah, I saw one of our other shooters on the field tonight, too. Uh, we call him PT, a perfect 10, and a uh, little side note, he's been pretty prominent now. Uh, last night, he was out at 7 o'clock. Um, got a picture of him at 5 o'clock today. Wow. The, yeah, 5 in the afternoon. I mean, they were moving like crazy, which I guess makes sense with this rain and cold front we've had. Yep. I don't know. It's all of a sudden starting to turn around. Our food plots are looking great with all this rain and stuff we've had. And uh, I don't know. The deer have been moving. So anyway, uh week goes by and it's pretty warm. Uh, I know I convinced you. I was kind of bugging you all week. Like, hey, come sit with me. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. And you're like, oh, I'll let you know on Thursday. And so... Thursday rolls around, he's like, yeah, I guess I can come sit with you. I'm like, perfect. We haven't sat together in, I don't know, 
it's been over a year for sure. We didn't sit, sit together at all last season, so. Yeah, it's been a while. I think we sat in a gun stand the season before last um, during bow season, but, I mean, it would have been basically two full years. Yeah. And um, so we're still early enough in the year where we can both work a full day and still get out to the stand um, with time to hunt, which is awesome. Uh, Noah, you got a little bit of a farther drive than I do, but um, so I ended up going into work early that day. Just so happened to work out that I was starting at six instead of seven, so I was all for that and uh, get out a little earlier. Um, I ended up running home to shower because I smelled like diesel fuel, and um, yeah, deer don't like that. So I uh, worked out good. I got to the farm a little bit before Noah, and he was pretty much ready to rumble when we got there. And, we were going out on a doe mission and uh i mean we were covered up in deer all night as you guys seen i don't know it was what like it's probably only 75 degrees but it was humid out it was just sticky almost like a summer night and uh but you know me i can't stay out of the woods so uh, i can't pass up these opportunities to go hunt after work while it's still light out so of course uh we were out there and we were sitting in this gun stand that we uh, pretty much hung it up and we're done. We were done sitting in there. We built that brand new one and that's on the channel and it's kind of gained a lot of traction actually watching that or for views, views wise. And it's pretty sweet, nice big stand. And I was like, we could have sat in it with the wind we had. I mean, obviously you're enclosed, so the wind doesn't really matter too much, but um I just, I didn't want to sit there. I wasn't comfortable. It's not the easiest to shoot a ball out of, especially with two people. One, you could do it, but it's just still too, just close. And you got open windows and stuff. I mean, it's perfect for gun season, but if you had to in a pinch, like it's raining out. I know I sat in there last year one time when it was raining when there's, you know, nothing else to do. It's raining all day, but you want to be out there. So we get there and we're kind of run. I wouldn't say running late. I mean, it was like four 45 so still over two and a half, over two hours to hunt two and a half hours probably and um so we get down there and we jump a doe and a fawn right away i mean we walk down there probably 20 yards from where we're gonna sit jump a doe and a fawn and uh the reason we had to go we had, the reason we jumped them is because we had to go get chairs to put from the old from the new stand into the old stand we were going into because no one sat for two years so I'm sure Noah at this point is thinking, wow, I really shouldn't have came because he even texted me and said, I'll come sit as long as we're not sitting in any sketchy stand. Well, I found the most sketchy stand we have. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, you just, you've been known to be a little bit braver in some of those situations than I have. But, um, <laughs> I mean, you, you get, the stairs were really the sketchiest. Yeah. I mean, you can hear the creaking, like the whole video. I got texts about that too. And, you know, like, oh man, the, my dog's, he, you know, he's listening to the video and he's freaking out. He doesn't like the way that the stand's <laughs> creaking like that. I'm like, I sat there for, you know, three hours that night or whatever. And then in editing the video that I spent like all day Sunday on, I probably listened to that thing creak for like 10 hours. So, and it, it wasn't even it. What it sounds worse in the video, to be honest. Correct. It does. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not the most sturdy stand. The stand part's fine. It's just that stand's been there for I don't. I'd have to ask my dad, but I bet close to twenty years. 
so it's just the tree has grown since then and right. it's kind of like started to rip it out of the tree i mean and we re- stairs once you and i could rebuild the whole thing in an afternoon if we wanted to right yeah like the floor is fine we just got to put new sides on it basically right and new steps and then it's right. golden well that was our problem those steps we we've learned because we've built like six new stands since then and he's just you bite the bullet pay a little bit extra for treated lumber because yeah. those were not treated we painted them which you know lasted for four or five years but it, it just doesn't matter it's wisconsin it snows it's covered in snow for six months and rain and you just bite the bullet treat it yep let, let it weather for a year then go out and paint it and then you should be golden for quite some time so yep yeah, so I uh, I tell Noah I'll go up first on the stairs in case we we do fall through because you know <laughs> I don't want to fall through. So I I take uh, my bow and my backpack up first and I get up there and almost kind of toss them in there, but you know I set my bow nicely. I'm like dispersing my weight all over the place and Noah's handing me up chairs. And then he came up he came up pretty quick. The I'd say the way up was better than the way down for sure. It's yeah. light you can you can see which steps are bad so we, we get all settled in there's coon shit everywhere up <laughs> I'm like i'm like you know i wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of them come down the tree five five uh inches from our face so oh god uh i don't know they never ended up coming out which was cool but so we're <laughs> you know we're sitting there and i know i got a cell cam right there and i know that it's basically just loaded with those in there I'm kind of telling them, I'm like, yeah, nope. Well, don't worry about the ones we bumped. It won't surprise me if they come back, which I think they did. But um, I'm like, yeah, they usually come through here pretty early. By the time, meanwhile, by the time we got set, it was probably five o'clock, all settled in. Yeah, I would say. And I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, five, five fifteen to that five forty-five range is when they'll first start coming up, and for sure, I'd say it was about five thirty when we saw our first ones, and um after that we were kind of just covered up the whole night yeah i mean you know the video turned out to be like 36 minutes and probably at least half of that maybe more is from that night that friday night sit and that's with cutting out essentially a full two hours worth of footage we were basically recording the whole night and there's a a scene or two in there where there's no I, i didn't chop it at all it's literally like minute by minute, it's like a 10 minute stretch or seven minute stretch or something of like exactly as it happened. And there's just deer everywhere. There's deer on our left and you're talking this whole time, like doing an interview. And then, you know, I pan to the deer, pan back to you. Then a doe walks in on us and pan down to that. And then you just keep talking. And it's like, we, we saw a deer once they showed back up at five thirty or whatever, like you said, there was deer in there the rest of the night. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty eventful, which is, you know, obviously what you hope for, you know, bringing someone else to hunt. And I was pretty, pretty stoked to have you come hunt. So I was hoping we'd have a good, good sit, which we did. Yeah, we uh, we did for sure. That was the first, I didn't see any deer on opening weekend. So to see that many and for that long, that was by far the best hunt I've had in a while. So it was definitely a good night. Yeah, and you know, like Noah said, we were we were sitting there just talking and doing a quick little interview, and there's deer over there, and one walks in on us, and just covered up in deer all night, and I can't, I can't get a shot, which, 
in reality, was probably a saving grace because I would have never been down there the next night to kill that buck that I did. So, obviously, I really wanted to, and she stood, she stood by the, the licking branch and just pounded acorns for, like, 10 minutes straight, and all I needed was for her to take two more steps. Um, I definitely would have shot her. She wasn't the biggest. I know there was a few bigger ones that were off to our, to our east, which were they were kind of downwind of us. Um, so I'm guessing they caught a whiff. I don't know. There's not much between us and the river. So I kind of figured it would just blow right over them. But I don't know. You got that many noses in there. They knew something wasn't right. They didn't know what it was. They didn't like run off and blow and tear out of there. They just kind of, you know, bounded off and just stayed out of bow range basically. Yep. So, you know, no harm, no foul there. And we sit it out and, ended up seeing you know 10 and uh it's getting dark so once again we got up there we uh we got to go down there down back down the steps and my dad texted me because he could see on the camera he's like oh i see you decided to go sit there and i was like yeah well he thought we sat in the new one i said no the old one he goes oh i thought we retired that day and i said <laughs> it's unretired it's unretired for tonight yeah that's the tom brady stand right there yeah pretty much so we uh Noah goes down first he's kind of shimmying and I I don't know what it is but you know when I get hunting I I kind of just this is kind of bad to say but lose uh lose all context of safety about like you know let's just get up here and hunt type of thing right you know, I, my stands are moon stands I got them way up there and yeah climbing through trees after you climb up an 18 foot ladder to get to them but right so I can see where you were coming with the whole um, sketchy stand part. Yeah, you know, yeah. We've, we've got ladder stands that are, they're 18 feet or whatever, but we have lifelines at each of them, you know, so like you're harnessed in from the ground all the way up, you know, nothing's <laughs> going to happen to you, and they're they're pretty secure up there. So I was just, you know, just making sure, because I know you've got a couple of those, like like you said, you got to curious storage your way up, you know, half of the tree just to get up into it. Right. But, you so, know, going going down the steps was, it, like you said, it was dark. But some of them are somewhat rotted out. But just, like, having a bow in one hand, trying to hold on to the railing in the other, and then you you kind of had to walk on the stringers a little bit. That was, like, the most stable part. But there was a couple steps, as I watched you go up it, that you would step on it, realize it was pretty soft, and then skip it and go to the next. But then going down, you couldn't possibly remember which ones those were. So then I had to like step down onto it with my weight, like gravity taking it down and then, you know, realize, Oh, that's a little soft and then back off and then skip it. So it was, right. you know, it was what it was, but going down is easier. You're just every step you're closer to the ground. So you kind of just go quick and hope for the best. Yeah. See, that's what I was kind of thinking with your approach. I saw you were, you know, you're kind of feeling around. I was like, I wonder if I just go as fast as I can down. <laughs> Just fall with grace. I thought about it, and I, I kind of went quick, but, you know, all in all, we make it down, we get out of there, and get back to the farm, no big deal. Um, sit there, shoot the shit for a little bit, talk. You got to quite the drive home. I'm only going 15 minutes to the cabin, so hang out, talk for a little bit, discuss what I'm eating for dinner, realize that the pizza I was going to have has been in there sitting on a bag of ice that wasn't ice anymore for the last 13 hours in the back of my truck. So, um, it was probably more than that. Actually, I put it in there at like 
quarter to six, so five o'clock. So, you know, I was in there for a good. It was probably 14 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I gave her a go at the cabin, tried cooking her up. Didn't work. I mean, it cooked fine. It was just very doughy and wet. Like, it was the dough didn't cook, which is to be expected of a pizza sitting in water. So, <laughs> uh, I really contemplated going out the next morning because it was a big, uh, quite the dough, dough weekend for me. I was trying to put down a few of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, weather wasn't great, but I was still out there. And uh, I contemplated going in the morning, which I never do, ever. And... Honestly, if I had the right wind, I probably would have went. Um, but I was woken up to a torrential downpour and storm at like 7:30, like just pouring buckets. Like yep. I bet you we got three quarters of an inch in like an hour. Like it was insane. Like most it came down in a while up there, which was good. I mean, keeps the deer in and more reason for him to get up early later that night. Right. So <laughs> we're. I'm just kind of sticking around at the cabin and uh waiting for my uncle to get up there doing some stuff i ran over to the farm pulled some chips and did some things there quick and got back and i helped him at his property for a little bit and you know then we just kind of chilled watched some uh watched some college football shot some squirrels tried to at least um and then it was you know three o'clock before you know what time to start showering my dad was meeting me at the farm at four o'clock so I was there about quarter to four, flung a few arrows, getting dialed in. And he already picked the stand he was going to because we had an east wind, which is about good for about three stands. Yep. Since there's three of us who always who can hunt there, there's three of us who will be there at the most at all times. So we have three stands for every wind, you know. Right. And east being the least common of them, we only have three. Some of them we have a couple, you know, mm-hmm. north got five or six type of thing so um he already picked he's like yeah i'm gonna go into the lounge where i killed my blade runner two years ago which is like thick of the bedding like you gotta tiptoe your way in there we got a a four foot wide disc path up there into there all dirt just so we can be as quiet as possible and uh he's like yeah i'm gonna go in there all right well uh i want i still want to shoot a doe and we weren't gonna shoot a doe in there because it's just right in the bedding area and uh, so I was contemplating that or going to sit over, I was contemplating going to sit over a bean field or go about 60 yards from where we were sitting uh, the previous night. Um, you and I, I would have put us in that stand if I could have got a hang on on there, but that oak tree is about four feet round. So it's impossible basically. Yep. Uh, so I was sitting there at the truck waiting forever. I get dressed. still don't know where I'm going to sit. I basically am ready to go. It's whether or not I got to drive up to the other end of the property or I start walking in. And I was like, well, I got a pretty good chance of seeing a buck down there just because I know they've been on camera up there. I don't necessarily have a cell cam on the other spot I was going to go sit. It's in the general area, but not directly on it. So I was like, well, I'll just go down there. I know I got a good chance of shooting a doe down there and whatnot. Um, so I started heading, making my way down there. I'm set up about well before 4.30, I'd say, and no service whatsoever down there. So uh, can't text, can't do anything, which is fine. Uh, makes you pay attention a lot more, which is sad to say that these phones take away. And I'm sure a lot of people have missed deer or uh, screwed up on deer looking at their phone. I, I, you know, I'm a victim to it. I, I go on my phone too much, definitely when I can. Um, 
So what was I doing? I wasn't on my phone for the first 45 minutes, just enjoying, enjoying nature and stuff. And I was like, well, I want to see what time these deer have been coming through here just so I can get ready. You know, I've been kind of trying to pattern them. So I pull it out. The only thing I can get is my old text messages. I'm looking through them from Cuddyback because they sent them to me via text. Yep. So I'm at times and stuff. And all of a sudden I hear, and I look over and it was pretty windy. It was like 12 miles an hour. So I couldn't really hear them if they were coming. And uh, they were down. They came downwind to me, which generally makes sense. But I look over and there's a doe and fawn about 10 yards away from me, kind of booking through right on the trail. I wanted them to go on, but I couldn't get a shot, couldn't stand up, couldn't do nothing. And, you know, they scooted through there pretty quick and they were making their way back to that licking branch and rain and acorns. And with all that rain, and they got a little hole dug there from the licking branch. So there's water piled up in there. So they were, you know, they were on their, on a mission to get there and, I was like, well, it's early. It's only 5.15 at this time. So I wasn't too worried or concerned. I'm sure I'd see a different one or have another shot at one. And so I'm kind of watching. I'm trying to get some film. And they hung around for a little bit and boogied out of there and went down towards deeper into the bush. And, um, you know, I, I hear some rustling around. I'm trying to get my camera arm over there. Camera arm starts falling over in the tree and messing with that. And I can hear splashing in the slough. And, I see a little spike down there, so I throw my binos up, and he starts kind of running around, and then I catch a glimpse of a two and a half. I'm like, oh, that's a good buck, and then from behind him comes Junkie, and I'm like, oh, okay. I only saw him for about a second, two seconds maybe, and I could tell it was either him or PT. I mean, I was more leaning towards Junkie. I was pretty sure it was him, and uh, at this point, it's probably 5.30, so I'm still like, okay, well, now I'm not shooting a doe. I mean, I've seen him. He's, I know he's around. He's only less than a hundred yards away from me at this point from when I've seen him. It's real early. It's still five 30. So I still got close to two hours, a little under two hours to hunt. And, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, I made the decision. I'm not shooting a doe anymore, whatnot. And you know, about six 30 rolls around. I get a doe. I look over from the same spot. The first doe and fawn came from and a doe and, uh, two fawns are, uh, coming our way. And, um, so I don't know, I start filming them. I never even, I maybe could have shot them. They were pretty far, probably 35 yards away. Uh, didn't really think of it. Just got some, tried to get some film of them. And then, I don't know, about 10 minutes later, I hear something behind me in the river. Mind you, this stands only, I don't know, 25, 30 yards off the river. So my wind is perfect at this point, straight east, blowing right across the river, which I think is why he didn't smell me because he's right behind me when I see him. He's about 30 yards behind me, and uh, wind's blowing right over him. And because uh, it switched from southeast to pretty much straight east, which is the best possible wind for that stand. And um, blows blowing over him, and I catch a glimpse of him. And so I'm like, okay, get ready. I'm in this big oak so I can move. He can't really see me. And I know which way he's kind of going, and there's only one trail that he can pretty much go on that I can shoot. So I just get the camera ready, zooming in, and uh, – I'm kind of looking around the backside of the tree. I'm like, oh, man, where, where'd he go? And then I kind of lean over to the front of the other side of the tree, and he's right there. He's, you know, he needs to take six, seven more steps and get in my shooting lane. So he starts kind of moving, and I, you know, grunt at him, draw back grunt, and stops him. And I, I, you can tell in the video, I basically grunt. He turns his head, and I shoot, which is way too quick, but I was just so worried he's going to pick me off up there because – you know, I didn't have any cover behind me because I was I wasn't 
the back of the tree wasn't behind me. It was basically sticking out. Yeah. And there wasn't any cover on that tree, like leaves, because it's just so big. Mm-hmm. So I uh, get him to stop and, you know, fling that arrow. And right away I can tell it's high, but not as high as I, you know, no man's land high, but it's up there. Right. And uh, I don't, I still don't understand how, because I was shooting on my pin set at 20. I'm pretty dialed at 20 and, you know, um, he's like 25. So if anything, I would have been low, but I was way high. So I'm kind of chalking it up. So I rushed it, did settle in, which I'm sure I didn't, um, all happened so quick. And you know, that rage whacked him and just ripped him open right away. I could kind of tell him like, Oh, well he's, I mean, he's going to have a pretty good hole in him. And, uh, tears out of there. And I thought I heard him crash, but, um, after tracking him and he was just running through some absolute thick stuff, probably getting his rack and stuff caught on it. And, you know, there's a deer that comes flying past me, like basically between me and the river. And I, I catch a glimpse and I, I see, I see horns. He's going so fast through brush. I don't know what it is, if it was him or not. I was pretty certain at that time it wasn't. And, uh, I look behind me and I kind of catch him nosedive into the cattails. You know, I thought it was, it's just tall down there. I mean, you couldn't see a deer if he was walking straight through there. It's like six, seven foot tall. And yeah. uh, I, okay, so I kind of marked it in my brain, you know, like, well, if we can't find him right away, I know where we can go start looking if it is him. But I, like I said, I chalked it up to that wasn't him. I heard him crash 70 yards from where I shot him. And uh, so I, I get down, trying, well, first, let me backtrack. I'm trying to call people. No cell service. This is at like 645. No cell service whatsoever. I finally get reception. I finally, I call my dad first, you know, let him know he's up there. He's like, all right, I haven't seen much. I'm going to get down. I'll start heading to the farm and we'll get ready to go. And so then I, I, you know, I call you right away. I'm texting my uncle. He's like, all right, I'll get down. I'll head over to your way. Um, so at this point, we're going to have three of us tracking. I, I'm like, well, it's been, it was probably, I probably stand a stand for, you know, 20 minutes before I even got down, went and looked for blood. I got to the spot I hit him, initially pretty good blood, so I just, you know, dropped my bow right there, went back to the farm to meet my dad and uncle, and uh, we get there, and I review the footage on my laptop, and I can tell it's high, but I slow it down frame for frame, and it, it just looks a little higher than what it was. I mean, in the video and the pictures, I'm sure it looks extremely high, but... Um, it's not terribly high. Uh, I ended up double lunging him. He was probably dead before he even knew it, to be honest, because he was, he did a loop and probably died within 40 seconds of me shooting him. And it's kind of on what they call a death run, just running through stuff. A deer wouldn't run through if he wasn't hurt, like just barreling through some thick stuff. Right. And so we get up there tracking him and we're going and we're going and there wasn't an exit because I hit his front shoulder. Um, Cause he was and, quartering away. Right. And yeah, sorry, he was quartering away. So I, it's a, it was a good shot placement. Um, like just the length of the body, just not up and down. Right. If that, you know, if I was four or five inches lower, I'm sure he would have double long. I would have had a great blood trail and probably wouldn't have went as far. Um, but anyway, so he takes off, and we get to the spot where I thought I heard him crash, and he starts turning. 
I'm like, son of a gun. He did run by me. Sure enough, we're tracking him along the river, along the river. I'm like, oh, my God, how do they, how did I, I mean, I should have known he's a buck. He's trying to get back up into the wind, which was that way, and he's trying to go back to where he came. So he uh, did the, just that, and, you know, we're kind of trailing him when we get to the spot where, mind you, it's, it's dark out now. And I'm pretty familiar with the woods, you know, I kind of know that place like the back of my hand. I'm like, wow, this this looks to be the spot. Um um, this looks to be the spot where I uh, last saw him. It's all catch-ups. Everything looks the same down there. But um, I kind of know my bearings. I'm like, ah, the river's right here. And we kind of stopped. And we kind of lost blood. I wouldn't really say lost blood, but we're on last blood. And we're all three fanned out kind of looking. And my dad's like, well, he's standing on last blood. He's last blood. And uh, he's like, well, here's some more to the right. And it was kind of higher up good blood. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I take that trail, take two more steps, and I'm like, dude, he's right here. He's mm-hmm. laying right here. Exactly where I saw him last, or where I caught that glimpse of him last. And had I known that was him, I probably would have started right there right away. But it, it, it might have been better not to, just in case he, you know, you jump him. You don't know. You never know. Right. So I was pretty excited, you know, obviously. Um, he died right along the river and right where he was living. I'm pretty sure that was his core bedding area, not that exact location, but I mean, I don't know, 100, 125 yards more into the marshes where he was living. And he only died 50 yards from my stand, probably only ran 120 total. Right. So. Well, and it, I I haven't timed it, but you can see in the video, I, I lined it up. So, like, you shoot and then you try you, you kind of follow the camera for a little bit and then it switches over to your GoPro footage and that's not cut out time-wise at all so like the shot to the GoPro footage is exactly the timeline i just matched it all up so right. if you watch when you crank your head back around the tree and like watch the deer go back behind you that you didn't know if it was him or not and then you can hear it crash into the cattails you're talking like 10 seconds tops you know, so, I mean, he, he made it a ways, but he's just, he's just fast. He's a deer, you know, he died really, really quick. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it probably wasn't 45 seconds. I guess I'd say it was, you know, the range of 30. If that, if that, if that, yeah, he died fast. And when we were gutting him out, I mean, his lungs were just destroyed and tons of blood in there. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you hope for that, the the animal doesn't suffer and you know it's quick which it, it pretty much was you know i was that's always a good thing when you find them and you're like oh you know i didn't gut shoot them or something like that which it happens and you know i've been i've gut shot a few in my life too and it sucks but it's all part of part of hunting so yeah yeah dude it was uh top to bottom just a, a really cool story from the whole weekend i know as soon as as soon as my phone rang at seven o'clock on saturday night i was like oh boy he, I bet he shot one, but you know, I, I didn't well, want to, I didn't want to answer the phone all, you know, jacked up or whatever. I was just like, Hey buddy, what's up? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the, I mean, not the joke we have, but like, you know, we never call each other unless we shoot something. Like I only call you if I shoot something. Right. I think you, you called me on opening weekend. Maybe I think you did about something. And then I don't think you were in the woods yet. 
and I thought you shot one. And I was like, what are you calling me for if you didn't shoot one? But Yeah, yeah, it was Friday. You're like, on the, we were driving on, or it was Saturday morning. You're driving up there. Yes. And you're like, yeah, so uh, so what's up? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I just, just called to see how, how your first uh, sit was. Yeah. Like, screw that. I don't care. Don't call me unless you shot a buck. You got my heart pumping. Right. But, no, as soon as you call, I was like, oh, boy, I bet either a buck or a doe. Like, I, I'm assuming he shot something here. Like, there's, there's probably something going on. So, no, that was that was super cool. And I don't know how much you could really tell from the video because the only conversation about it that we had in the video was in that, that phone call. But on Friday night, after we got done hunting and we were just sitting by the by the truck there, you know, just talking and whatever we had talked about like how a lot of that stuff just kind of happens for a reason i remember saying like you you don't know how the story's going to end and you just don't know what part of the story you're in right now you know like that that night it just wasn't meant to be for you to shoot that doe like you said if you'd have taken two more steps you would have shot her well then you know, like you said, you wouldn't have been sitting in that stand. And I know you, you called me, I can tell you kind of felt bad a little bit of like, oh, maybe we should have sat there the night before or, you know, whatever, or, you know, I should have come up there and sat with you. But it's like, you know, with two of us, that was a one man stand. So you, if I was there Saturday night, you never would have been able to sit in that one and then you wouldn't have shot him. So it's like just the way that some of those things happen, you know, you, you just don't know how that's all going to turn out until it gets there. But when I got that phone call and, and found out you shot him, it was like, dude, I knew it. It was never in doubt. I wasn't worried about it. I knew that all this stuff was going to be meant to be. There was a reason why we didn't shoot one that night. You know, I didn't have any sort of negative emotions about not shooting one. I was like, that's, you know, we just weren't meant to do it. There's going to be a reason eventually that's going to come out of why it was best that we didn't. And sure enough, there it was. And it was a much better story that, you killed junkie the next night than anything we could have done Friday night, I think. Right. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going down there, I kind of knew that I, I had a feeling also that I'm like, yeah, it's warm. Not a lot of people are out, but I'm going to give it a shot. And, you know, that's kind of what happens for me. Honestly, I've killed a lot of my bucks, all four of my bucks with the bow or all, I should say that I've killed five, but one was in November, but the other four have been, september when it's been crucially warm yeah so, like you you haven't had like that storybook oh it's a cold front the weather dropped 10 degrees today i'm out in the stand and you know that gets the big boy up on his feet or anything you've had a lot of early season and then like you said you had some november but for the most part it hasn't been like that textbook cold front that got it done for you right and last year, I, I had an opportunity, uh, just happened so quick in November. And, you know, that's what, that's what us deer hunters live for. And I'm, I'm still going to be out there, you know, whether it's in, when we're in Minnesota or back in Wisconsin filming for my dad or my uncle, I still got six days of vacation. So I'll be taking off and, you know, you, you know, I won't be missing it. It's just, it's something different. You know, I love, it's kind of almost, I told you, or I told my dad, I said, you know, it's kind of bittersweet, like. You know, don't get me wrong, shooting a buck is awesome this early, but you, you live for those November mornings, crisp, cold morning when you get out there and the deer are just flying around, which I'm still not going to, 
I'll be there. So it's not like I'm not going to hunt, but I'll just be in the, I'll be in the camera, man, not the driver's seat, which is fine by me. So, yeah, you got to get yourself a hang on and some trees that are skinny enough to get one up in pretty easily and you'll be in good shape just to get to experience right. it all. I don't expect you to be sitting on the couch many weekends. Yeah, I'm already planning on going back up on Friday, <laughs> hopefully with my dad. Well, um, and you, you... He... go ahead. I was going to say, whether he comes or not, I'll be up there, um, you know, back on the Dole Patrol mission and I think my other uncle's going to be up there. It could be a good, could turn out to be a good weekend. You know, if Perry's up there and it's just him and I, and uh, if I get a dole Friday or even if I don't, I might just start hanging stands where he's going to go and we'll be sitting together. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that you guys typically try to shoot quite a few does off that property every year anyways. So, you know, it's, it's far from over at this point, you're going to probably shoot two or three or who knows how many before the season's over so yeah well hopefully we get you out there and you can whack a few or weather whatever happens so yeah i'm i'm gonna try i think we're gonna be back at it this weekend um wind is kind of whatever uh it's not the greatest it's not the worst it's pretty much south maybe a little bit southeast um, and we have stands for it. You know, it'll it'll be what it'll be. Our trail cameras still aren't super hot. I know they obviously don't tell the full story, but y- you can still get quite a bit of information off of them. You know when things are a little bit hotter and a little bit cooler. So it's a good gauge. It's not 100%, but, um, you know, they, they tend to be pretty accurate. But we'll see. I'm thinking, you know, we'll probably give it the full weekend and, if I can get out at a decent time on Friday, possibly even maybe sneak in for an hour or two hour sit Friday night and, and just try to make something happen. I don't know, but I'm, uh, I'm kind of trying to switch my perspective on things like we talked about right away in the episode of waiting to shoot a deer. Cause you're waiting for that buck to walk by or waiting to shoot a doe. I should say, cause you're waiting for that buck to walk by. I'm like, nah, not, not this year. You know, it's been so long since I've even shot a deer and really so long since any of us have taken it a deer of any kind off of that property, like to shoot a doe there would still be an accomplishment at all period throughout the season. So I'm, I'm, I'm not really taking that too lightly. Um, if, if I get the opportunity at a doe, I'm, I'm not going to pass it up for sure. And, you know, like, I'm I'm stoked to still be out there. And I think a lot of people should be. There's plenty of season left. And, oh, yeah. You know, even though the weather, we're still waiting for that. Not that cold front, but it's just way too warm right now. Right. Way warm. I was looking at the weather, rarely ever watched the weather. And for some reason, oh, I was at the gym today and it was on. So I was watching at it or watching it and it was saying, like, the average highs right now are, like, you know, 65 this weekend is supposed to be 80. Yeah. So it's like, what, what do you do? I mean, you just gotta get out there and try. So that's what we'll be doing. I know we'll, I'll try to be out there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and hopefully we can put some on the ground. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't quite feel like fall yet, which I, I think a lot of people are kind of waiting for, but I mean, you've proven it now a few times. You can still, kill bucks in september when the weather is hot i mean 
they're living somewhere. Yeah, that cold front might get him up on his feet. He might cover more ground and give you a better opportunity at it. But if you just key in on where they're betting, where they're feeding, you know, figure out some of those patterns and hunt enough and pay attention to what the deer are telling you, like they're still very killable in the early season. So there's no sense in waiting for a cold front to come through that is going to make you miss all kinds of fun opportunities to be out in the woods. Yeah, like just like we touched on right before this episode, like um, it's I got pictures of our one of our our second biggest shooter right now at five o'clock in the afternoon today, just cruising. Like, yeah. It's it's a little chilly today. It's in the sixties, but it's just that little cold front that comes through drops, you know, fifteen twenty degrees since this weekend. You know, the deer they get up and move. They know the rain's coming, which it's been raining all day. It finally stopped, it's starting to rain again. So I'm sure that's why they were up even earlier. But like. Last night I had them in daylight too, so just kind of goes to show that if you just do a little bit of homework and watch the forecasts, you can put yourself in a pretty good position based on your trail cameras if you know what the deer are doing and you know what the weather's going to be like. Yeah, I think you and Terry should get up there tomorrow night. I was thinking about it. I w- I really was. I mean, I got taken. I didn't know. Oh yeah. Well, have April do that. <laughs> yeah come back in a sneak position with the ears forward <laughs> oh man no it's it's all good yeah no it, it's it's only heating up from here i, I mean as the temperature cools down the action is going to be heating up from here colby and eli are, are they're going to get on one they're going to get on a couple hopefully um there, there's a lot of season left a lot of hunting left to do so it's it's only going to get more and more exciting from here but you certainly kicked it off with a bang, man. So congrats yeah. again. And that, that sure. turned out to be a pretty cool story. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, for anybody who is just hearing this podcast now and is like, oh, I didn't know they shot a buck already. Uh, you're definitely going to want to go watch that video. Um, it, it, it tells a pretty good story. You know, it's not one of those videos that's like eight minutes long where it's just a quick intro and then you shoot the buck and then you go find it and, you know, you celebrate for a little bit and then cut it 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 kind of tells the full story of the weekend we go through a lot of what happened on friday night um if you have listened to this episode a lot of that stuff's going to maybe make a little bit more sense filling some of those gaps so it's a longer video but i think it's well worth watching um there's a lot of cool stuff in it and you you did a great job getting the footage that is not an easy thing to do in the heat of the moment um you know getting the shot on camera but then also like having the wherewithal to film the tracking and dragging it out and gutting it. Like you, you did a great job on all that. There's no, no gaps in the video. Really. You, you did a great job. So it's a pretty sweet video. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on the channel. You know where to find it. Um, and, and as always with, with this video, with this podcast and with any of the other ones, you hit that like button. We really appreciate it. Leave us a comment and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Cause like Jake said, we do this podcast every single week and we're going to have videos for you. Hopefully, hopefully pretty often here this fall. And, and hopefully there's a lot of good stuff coming. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>